Before we begin our recording today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Wurundjeri, Wolverong and the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. When you Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties Season 2. What? I am so, so excited. Thank you to everyone who has stuck with this show all the way through Season 1 and is now here for Season 2. That is ridiculously crazy and cool. My name is Stackers and I'm here to take you on a magical journey where this season we are going to work out what is the best Disney song that first premiered in a Disney stage adaptation of a Disney show. Uh, I should have just said musical. That was a really complicated way to say. Willing for the best musical theatre Disney song. Disney musical theatre song. The wow. Best, the best song in a musical produced by Disney. Done. Is that the one? Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, really excited. This season I've got a whole list of amazing guests that are going to come on board and chat about these shows with me. And today I've got Genta. Audience hey. applause. Ah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking about The Lion King, the stage musical directed by Julie Taymor and won basically every award on the planet and has made more money than you and I could ever possibly dream about. Genta. Yes. Tell me, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, just been busy with life. Uh, I'm doing a lot of that sort of stuff and yeah, really excited to get stuck into this um, this podcast about The Lion King. It would be, be great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I've been I've been sick for three weeks straight, yeah. um, which is annoying. And I'm I uh, was meant to record last week, but I had no voice, and now I have a voice. So that's that's a plus. It is a plus, mm. especially when you do podcasts. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, that'd piss me off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As a singer, yeah, you get it, you get it, baby. So why is it that you uh, put your hand up for this show? Uh, Africa has a deep, deep deep connection with me um i uh, i was fortunate enough to live in africa for uh in zambia in fact uh for roughly eight years um, my parents were missionaries over there when i was younger um, and then we came back and i finished my schooling in australia and um and then went back again when i finished school so i had uh i had a great time um learn, meeting the people and and you know, learning the land, lay of the land and things like that. So how old were you? Uh, the you? first time I was about eight, came back when I was 12, um, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, and then the second time it was when we, when we finished high school. So I was about 18. So it was good because I actually got to go and see all the friends I made when I was a kid. Oh, that's you know, so cool. So. And also they're the years you're like cognizant. Yeah, it's not, exactly. oh, I was there when I was four. I vaguely remember what my room looked like. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was fortunate in that way. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, that's so cool. And love Africa. Love yeah. Africa. Well, you can correct me on anything I mispronounce or get historically. I will try. Um, <laughs> so let's jump straight into the stats. Uh, 
The Lion King the musical is based on the animated film of the same name produced by Disney in 1994. It debuted in July 1997 in Minnesota at the Orpheum Theatre before very, very quickly moving to the New Amsterdam Theatre later that year and is currently still playing at the Minskoff Theatre um, in New York. No shit, it's on Broadway. Well done. Um, <laughs> it's still going. It's nearly hit 60,000 performances which is insane, and it is the third highest grossing show. Actually, now it would be second, I think. So I think it was when I read it, it was the third highest grossing show currently still playing on Broadway. However, wow. number one was, take a guess, think like a show that's forever been on Broadway. Um, Phantom? Yeah, or, yeah Phantom okay. of the Opera, <laughs> which obviously just closed, so I don't think it's making much money yeah, anymore. Yeah. And um, second is Chicago. Yep. Which is like fractionally ahead of The Lion King, fractionally. I think The Lion King just needs to do like probably two shows per day for a week and they'll overtake it like wow. <laughs> just behind wow. it, which is crazy. That's 25 plus years for, for it. Yeah, so that's amazing. That's a long time. It's just one of those shows. I think because it's like it's such a spectacle that um, it's just it's kind of like Phantom of the Opera. You go to New York to see the things you're probably not going to get to see at home. And so this is the show you see. Yeah, yeah. The music is written by Alton John, Lee Boehm, Hans Zimmer, Mac, Mark Mancina, Jay Rifkind and Julie Taymor uh, with lyrics by Tim Rice and Lee Boehm. It was directed by Julie Taymor and she is also really well known for directing the Broadway and movie of the producers, the yep. musical. Yeah. Yep. I was like, the movie production. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but she directed the Broadway the Broadway production of the producers and then basically copied and pasted it and put it to film. Right. Which a lot of people have problems with because it's like basically a Broadway show on film. It doesn't film, translate yeah. super yeah, yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. I think it's quirky. I like it. But anyway. I really like yeah, the producers. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I, I really like the film as well. So I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. Yeah. Do you think I like the – no, I like the film too. But I think that's because I like musicals. So – yeah. It's like watching a musical yeah. film. <laughs> like, no, this is my bag. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll take it. In the original Broadway cast, we had Sidi Loka as Rafiki, who actually also wrote a song in this musical, but I'll get to it when we get to it. Mufasa was originated by Samuel E. Wright. Simba was played by Jason Reyes. Scar was played by John Vickery. Nala was played by the amazing Heather Headley. Timon was Max Casella. Pumbaa was Tom Allen Robbins. And Zazu was Jeff Hale. The people of note in that list, probably the biggest one for me is Samuel E. Wright because he was the original voice of Sebastian in The Little Mermaid in the oh, film. Oh, really? Ariel, listen to me. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. That's the familiarity. There he you go. very sadly passed away last year, so very recently. But, yeah, it's, um, Sebastian, the little crab, became yeah, yeah. the king of the forest. <laughs> yeah. like, he couldn't be further <laughs> from that character, which is really cool. Heather Headley as Nala, as I said, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. She's a Tony Award winner. She actually won the Tony Award for Aida. Do you know Aida, the musical? I know, I know the musical, yeah. Yeah, another Elton John, Tim Rice musical, which I'll cover at some point on this show. And... She also was the Suge Avery replacement in the re- most recent revival of The Colour Purple and she was also the witch in the Into the Woods revival concert. So before it was, I think it's still playing now or is it finished? The Into I the think Woods it's revival. Finished. I think it was a short engagement. But prior to that it was like a one or two night thing on, it was a concert. Yeah, right. And she was the witch. 
I want her on the recording. Like Patina Miller's cool, but like Heather was, there was this video that went around of her doing Stay With Me and it's just a freaking masterclass. It's so cool. Don't you know what's happening? That's really cool. Um, other people of note, are you into Star Trek? Uh, no. Well, Let's say no. Flat no. John Vickery, who played Scar, was in Star Trek. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Two music <Yeah>. nerds. <laughs> Mark Casella, who played Timon, was um, Vinny Del Pino in Doogie Hauser. Did you ever watch Doogie Hauser? I MD? did, but it's been a long time. Well, he was he was in that when he was younger, which is kind of cool. Yeah, right. Um, Stanley Wayne Mathis played Bonsai, and he was the original Schroeder in the revival of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. So there's oh. another, like, musical theatre thing. I yeah, see yeah. your face light up and you're like, musical yeah, theatre. Yeah. <laughs> My wheelhouse. <laughs> and Kevin Cahoon played Ed, and he currently has a Tony nomination for Shucked. So oh, good, okay. good luck to him. There's yep. some strong competition there this year, but uh, good luck to you, Kevin. I hope you <laughs> hope you have a good, good time and a good drink. <laughs> uh, don't do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not going to be sitting on the aisle. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> sober. Oh god. I, I think of um this interview with Alan Menken when they'd just done Little Shop of Horrors. Yep the movie and they went to the Oscars and they were sitting in the middle of the aisle (laughs) and he said he got out his thank you speech to have a look at it and Howard Ashman was like, you're not going to need that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) 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 He said, and then the following year they were nominated for Under the Sea for The Little Mermaid and they were sitting on the aisle and he's like, yeah, we we felt better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) What a gift. Kevin doesn't listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) nominated oh i've got shit seats well um, um <laughs> I, i'm not going to be needed tonight i'll have a double please <laughs> <laughs> um songs that you'll it's crazy <laughs> songs that you'll probably recognize from this or anything that was popular from the film so circle of life and can you feel the love tonight can't wait to be king but probably the most popular broadway tunes that have comes out come out of this would be endless night and shadowland i yep. think I've heard Endless Night in a lot of auditions. Yeah. I've played Endless Night for a lot of auditions. It's such a beautiful song. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it displays a male range very well too, so. Yeah. Awards. Tony, 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 Tony. Ah. So this was unsurprisingly nominated for a lot of awards and won a lot of awards. I'll start with the drama desks. So this was 1998. How good are you with your... Nope. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to try and get you to guess these. Okay. So it was nominated for Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Featured Actor and Outstanding Orchestrations. It lost Outstanding Musical. It's 1998. The musical that one was written by the same composers who wrote Susical. The musical featured oh. a heavily African-American cast. Uh. The musical starred Tony Award winner Audra McDonald. 
opposite Brian Stokes Mitchell. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. It starts with R. Ragtime. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'll just send this into 20 questions. There's yeah, yeah, screaming at their radios right now. Yeah, so this was the ragtime year, uh, which is, our, yeah, strong competition, strong competition. That's massive. So it lost Best Musical and Orchestrations to Ragtime at the Drama Desks. Yep. And uh, Best Featured Actor, Max, who played Timon, and Jeff Hayhill played Zazu were nominated, which I thought was really interesting because they're two kind of minor roles. Yeah. But they lost to Greg Alderman for his role in 1776, which is like the musical that came before Hamilton that wishes it was a Hamilton. Yeah. Um, then it won wow. a bunch of awards. Now, I love that the difference between the Drama Desk and the Tonys is yeah, the yeah. Drama Desk has outstanding yeah. and Tonys has, has best. So <laughs> they won outstanding featured actress, <laughs> which went to C.D. Laloka. Outstanding director, outstanding choreography, outstanding set design, outstanding costume design, outstanding lighting design, outstanding sound design, and outstanding puppet design, which I thought was a really weird topic. Yeah. Category. Like, (laughs) could you have. Yeah. Yeah, no, puppet design. It was his own category. I looked into it. It's only happened like five times. What other other shows do you know? Um, So let me just look at it. Surely Avenue Q's on there. (laughs) 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 See, the thing is so it happened in 1998. This was the first year it happened. Wow. So I reckon what they did is they went, okay, she has to get an award for it. Find some yeah. other shows that use puppets. Yeah, These yeah. are the shows they came up with. Jackie, An American Life, Ballad of Yichio, yep. and Telltale. Yeah, right. I reckon they literally went just find Anything, some shows. Any, any type of puppetry. Uh, it could be a soft puppet, <laughs> puppet just, you know. <laughs> it happened again in 2017. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory won it. Yep. There was only one other nomination, which was 19, 946, The Amazing Story of Adolphus Tips. Again, like... They've just got to find wow. something to put it against Anything. so they don't know they won. <laughs> like there's a chance they won't win. Frozen won it in 2018. Rightly so. That puppet of um, Sven is amazing. Mm. Uh, King Kong won it in 2019. That had a legitimate contender against it. That was up against Beetlejuice, which has some really cool puppet yeah, yeah, stuff in it. Yeah. Um, 2020 went to Tamacho. I'm guessing that's a play. And 2022 went to The Skin of Our Teeth. Yeah, right. Yeah, very niche category. Now, in the Tony Awards, the Tony Awards are actually a lot yeah. smaller this list. It was nominated for Best Book, Best Score, Best Featured Actor for Samuel E. Wright and yeah. Best Featured Actress for CD. Neither of them won. Samuel lost to Ron Rifkin for Cabaret. I yeah. think he was playing um, the German guy, Hair something. My brain's gone. Minus two. Yeah, but he wasn't the MC, basically, is what I'm saying. No. And best featured actress, CD was great, but she was up against Audra McDonald in Ragtime. Like, uh, that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but it did win best direction, best choreography, best scenic design, best costume design, and best lighting. Notably missing, best musical. What? Was not nominated. That's crazy. You say that, but I think this is where we're going to be divided. Why? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Speak English. <laughs> so my let's talk about our backgrounds with this show. What's your background with this show? What do you mean? Like when you've seen it before, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, I saw it uh, when it first came out um, 
of Australia. So I saw it in Sydney um, back in early 2000s mm-hmm. um, and was immediately blown away just from the entrance um, and then just like a sopping baby for the rest of the show. If this was a video podcast, you'd see Jenta's looking at me like with the saddest little <laughs> face. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's it, anyway, yep, okay. Okay, cool. Then tell me what your history is okay. of the show. <laughs> so I um, disagree. <laughs> you're wrong. Um, everyone is entitled to have the wrong opinion. That's right. So my history is I saw it the first time it was in Australia as well. I saw it in Melbourne. Yep. And then I I saw it when it came back. It's been here twice. It came back, I want to say, like eight years later or something. Yeah. I liked it much better the first time I saw it. Since then, I've also musically directed it twice in the junior iteration. Really? Yeah, I've done it twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I know the show quite well, inverted commas. Obviously, the junior version is a lot more condensed, but it's still, you know, much the same sort of stuff. It's just missing the really, like, complex African singing. Yeah. So, yeah, I know this quite well. I I think just my overall thought in it is the music is amazing. This music lives and dies on the score that Hans Zimmer wrote, which mm. was subsequently orchestrated by Robert Elhai, David Metzger and Bruce Fowler. But the I, – I said this to you <laughs> off, off air. The – book the difference between the book and the movie there's basically no difference it's basically scene for scene almost line for line except the dialogue in the stage show is just a little bit worse (laughs) 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 it um it just to me comes across as like pantomime a little bit like Mm. it's a little bit cheesy yeah look i can probably see that um but you said musical, right? So I'm thinking music. <laughs> yeah, but like as a show, like yeah, best, okay. best musical goes to I know, it's the best be the overall and, show. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, Otherwise you might as well throw a concert. And, <laughs> and it's just... Welcome to Les Mis. Yeah. No, um. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't love this show. I love the music. Yeah. I love the film. I don't love the show. Like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, okay, okay. Look, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I guess I was just in La La Land with it because of it yeah, how it back. speaks to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's, that's back, totally so. fine and valid. Um, so the dialogue for me was, you know, neither here or there. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I get the gist. Just sing again. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you speaking? Sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's jump into, oh, no, we've got the stats. I've already jumped in the stats, but let's jump into the hardcore stats. Okay. So to this day, that was a coaster. To this day, this show has grossed. Just take a guess. Pick a stupid figure. How much money do you think this show has made on Broadway? I would say $1.2 billion? No. <laughs> $1.8 billion. What? On Broadway. That's one. Just on Broadway? Just on Broadway. That's $1.8 billion. I mean, that's amazing. Then plus all the, you know, uh, the, It has played. It's actually Australia. played on every single continent except Antarctica. 
Wow. Yeah, it's been translated into a billion different languages. And they did an amazing April Fool's video, which I'll post on um, on the socials, yeah. where they announced they were taking it to Antarctica. Wow. And they did full-on costumes, videos of rehearsals. as They're like, we're changing it to penguins. It looks so legitimate. Wow. And they're like, we're performing it in an ice theatre. Oh, like, that's amazing. <laughs> Simpers <laughs> wearing fur, which is just strange. Um, <laughs> who, would, um, who would go see? that is what I want to know. Well, it's more, I was, I was reading, I was doing my research and yep. someone said it'll soon be the only production to have ever performed in Antarctica. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? what? This website listed it as fact and it oh. wasn't Wikipedia. It was some other site. And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, who is going to see that? <laughs> We're doing it for the penguins. <laughs> Polar bears will be allowed to attend as long as they promise not to yeah. eat the porpoises. All the, yeah, all the porpoises and. <laughs> so it is the total. Is it the highest? It's the highest grossing show on Broadway. Yeah. Second is Wicked, and under that is Phantom. Yeah. Like I said, it's the third longest running behind Phantom in Chicago. Bye bye Phantom. So yeah, how this how this came about? This is I like these stories. I find this yeah. interesting. So. Broadway used to be like the absolute pits of New York. It was just full of drugs and prostitutes, basically. It was a really, really dirty area of, of New York. Yeah, right. And in the 80s, Michael Eisner was the head of Disney and a lot of people were telling him, hey, the new Amsterdam theatre is going up. You should buy it. You know, you should, you should start doing musicals. But Eisner was not interested in animation. He was really into like theme parks and live action Movies and that's kind of where his focus was. So he he kind of like dismissed eh. it many many times. There's many <laughs> yeah, yeah. accounts of people saying I told him to do this and he said no. So you get to uh, the 90s and Eisner finally meets with the mayor, who was Rudy. Is it Rudy Gillen? Gillian? Yeah. Giuliani. Giuliani. Yeah. And he says, okay, I'll come and see this theater. This is 1993. So after pushing through the prostitutes, they get to this theatre and, like, the roof is half missing. There's birds flying around and shitting everywhere. Like, it is falling apart. There's plaster all over the floor. Yeah. This place is – I looked into the history of the theatre. There are so many accounts of people buying this theatre, promising to renovating it and, renovate it and just realising the job is too, too big. Much. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, over and over and over, I don't think there'd be a show in this theatre since the 30s. Yeah. Um, there's just this guy bought it and said he'd save it and then it was too much work and then these people bought it and it was too much work and then it was too hard, it was too expensive. Pass the pass. Yeah. And so Eisner decided the first show that should go in there is The Lion King. He bought it in... Really? Yeah, he bought it right after The Lion King had just come oh, out. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. They ended sense, up yeah. swapping that to a safer option and doing Beauty and the Beast. Can you imagine The Lion King came out in 1994 and he's like, let's get a musical version of it up in yeah. a year? Like... Yeah, yeah. No. So Beauty and the Beast ended up going up in 1994, but it went on at the Palace Theatre because, again, you can't renovate this theatre in a year. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So there used to be a really, really big animator um, who became the president of Disney. His name was Frank Wells. He died in a helicopter crash in 1994. And then this other guy, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who no one likes, thought he would take over and Eisner didn't give him the job. Katzenberg went and started DreamWorks and then we got Anastasia and blah, blah, blah. We talked yes. about that. And I know you're a fan of the show, so you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. So in response to that, Eisner thought that Katzenberg, now that he was with um, Steven Spielberg, might poach his top animators being Peter, Sh Peter Schneider and Thomas Schumacher. Yes. 
So he said to them, hey, how, I'm going to give you a promotion. You can head the Disney theatrical department. Wow. That's all yours. And so these are the guys that worked on like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Like these are, these are the Renaissance guys. So they're like, oh, okay. Um, they ended up renovating the theatre. It cost $32.5 million to restore In this thing. In the 90s. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so there's a lot of loans and things, yeah. people who put in money. Um, Disney has a 99-year lease on that building. So they're going to own it for a very, very long that's time. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. They made an agreement that if they were going to restore this theatre, because obviously fixing one theatre doesn't fix the street, like how are you going to get families down the street? you like, just yeah, yeah. push past the prostitutes to come and see Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> hey there, little fella. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so he said he wanted two other parties to renovate other theatres and one of them was Madame Two Swords, which okay. is still there, and one of them was AMC Theatres, which is like a cinema yeah. franchise over there. Yeah. The restoration was completed by early 1997 and then The Lion King opened at the end of that year. So it was a lot of money and a long time. Yeah. The Lion King is now in the Minskoff Theatre and it's still there because it swapped in 2006 for Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> so once the theatre was complete, they were originally going to open Aida, which ended up opening in the 2000, in the year 2000, sorry, yep. because when Eisner proposed The Lion King to Schumacher, he said that is a terrible idea. It will never work. <laughs> but Eisner pushed it and basically he didn't want to do it because they just opened Beauty and the Beast and they didn't like that it was a real literal interpretation of the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. And it wasn't received super well because of that. And so they said we got to do something like risky and wild. I've seen this woman. She's an amazing director. She'll do something cool. I'll call Julie Tamor. And that's how Julie Tamor ended up on board with The Lion King. Yeah. And so when he rang her, she had never seen the cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Doesn't it feel low level to say the cartoon? Like yeah, yeah, Saturday yeah. morning cartoons. <laughs> the Lion yeah. King, the cartoon. Yeah, but she'd never, never seen, seen it before. It. She's known for really like experimental theatre. She does a lot of like weird and wacky stuff and she does a lot of things with puppetry and masks. And he'd seen her production of Oedipus Rex and they'd used sculpted masks on top of their heads, yeah. which obviously she used again in The Lion Scar King. And, yeah, yeah. And so basically she went into Eisner's office with some models of the puppets and I think one of the ones she took in was the um, the gazelles on the arms. And yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Head. I think there were originally more gazelles on the person but obviously that's really hard if you're jumping around dancing. And this is a direct quote which I really like. If you understand the idea, you want me. That's what I do. If you don't want to see the puppeteers, you don't want me. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, and I think there's something so – Magical. Like, what's your favourite puppet in this show? I reckon most blown away by Zazu, really, to be honest. I love Zazu. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just the intricacy of his puppet, puppet as well. Oh, like, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hand paddles and then, the you know, it's. I think it's really cool. And I think but what I love about it as a puppet is the the – intricacy of it but then the performer having to be able to do all that as well as um perform and sing yeah. and dance and and i mean like there's this scar with he's he's really only got the head that comes forward yeah then, you know he only has to think about those sorts of things and i i really find zazu intricate and yeah you know oh no i totally yeah. get that and it's probably one of the coolest looking yeah. Aesthetically, like it, it is Zazu. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. I really like the cheetah. The cheetah's cool. Yeah. I love that, that the head cheetah. of it is animated. 
having the performer <laughs> as the hind legs. My yeah. God. And yes. And the head moves and like the, I just think that that one looks so, so freaking cool. Yeah. The other one I really, really liked was um, in act two when it opens and you've got that Im- amazing image of the water yeah. that goes through the hole. There's someone pushing that like archaic looking bicycle. Yes, with the skeletons. and they go over like that. Yeah, and I yeah, just yeah. think the use of silhouette and choosing to use a bicycle, which is basically like a skeleton of yeah. a vehicle, yes. was so fucking clever. It's very clever. They're not trying to hide the bike. They haven't blocked out the spokes. Like, super cool. Super, no, super cool. It's, it is amazing. And I've, even in the when they're not the skeletons and it comes on the first act, that's kudu, um, you know. Yeah. So... And it's, yeah, it's just really, it's so cool to watch. Yeah. So one of her biggest issues with the show was that there's a severe lack of important female roles. And she was friends with a South African woman who ran a choir. And she was like, oh, you know, I want to like test run some stuff with you. Basically, there's no roles for you, unfortunately. And she said there never is. And so she was chatting with her and it turns out that in South Africa, shamans are mainly women. Yeah. And that's where she connected that the movie opens with an anonymous female voice. That's not a character. And it made so much sense to pull Rafiki out, make that a woman and make her like the lead, just blow that role right up, give her circle of life. And I think that is one of the coolest aspects of the musical is the use of Rafiki. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, it really, yeah, it blew me away. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I find, I, f- I found that, you know, um, having that female presence really told, helped tell the story well as well, I think. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And I think it, it has such an impact in the reprise of He Lives In You. Yes. Well, He Lives In You, which is a reprise of They Live In You. Yeah, yeah. Just that shift is oh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The show uses over 200 puppets. This is, I know that fact really well because I used to teach a year seven musical theatre class. They had a choice of like 25 musicals that they could talk about. Yeah. And a lot of kids picked The Lion King. Wow. I actually heard various things. I think one kid was like, they had over 700 puppets. I was like, what website did you use? No. I was like, did you not watch the five presentations before you? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and think, hmm, mine's a bit different. You're still choosing yeah. to stick with 700? <laughs> a point for commitment. Yeah. Like I said, it's played on every content, uh, content, every continent except Antarctica. Uh, there's over 50 people in the cast. Not that you can tell by some of the severe underuse of ensemble yes. in some of the numbers but we'll get there Mm. and it was originally orchestrated for 23 people which is why the cast recording sounds so amazing yeah and now because of space and budget and keyboard technology the orchestration is now 10 players what isn't that crazy from 23 just because keyboards man like that's killer you can eliminate five players and put them on two keyboards or two or three keyboards oh that's not fair not as cool it's definitely not as cool I, was I find say, that happening a lot though these days. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's just it's so much cheaper, and it uh, I, like I do understand that it means you can put shows in smaller theaters. Like not yeah. every show has a pit where you can fit twenty three people. That's a lot of stuff. No, that's right. Especially if you're talking like you know full percussion sets and stuff. You need so much space for those people. I mean, you don't need much space because you play trumpet and your instrument right. is tiny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um it's understandable, <laughs> but it is sad because. You sometimes listen to the cast recording and go, why doesn't it sound like that, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. But me being a keyboard player, I do 
thoroughly enjoy when I get asked to play shows I never want keys one not because I can't play keys one but because keys two and three are always so much more fun yeah to play and I, pro- I program all my own stuff and way more to do yeah it's so cool um there's always a danger though <clears throat> if there's three keyboard books keys two often is a strings support book so it's just all strings to like <laughs> fill out the fact that there's yeah. something like one violin yes, or two yeah, violins yeah. and a cello and that's boring i'm like oh i want keys three then yeah. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. Yeah. so before we jump into the songs do you have yeah. anything else you want to mention um not really I, I just yeah i think i've said what i want to say as far as how blown away i was by the actual um genius that is julie tamor um <laughs> like <laughs> her ability to transform a stage into the Serengeti like is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it's just, it's my favorite musical full stop. Amazing. All right. Well, we'll take a short break <laughs> and we'll be back after that. And just like that, we are back. Hooray. Do you have a nice break? It was a, it was a fruitful break. <laughs> <laughs> There were apples, bananas, strawberries. I I didn't eat any fruit. (laughs) I have one very, very dark banana Uh, in the bowl. Banana bread done. (laughs) Okay, so before we jump into the songs, anything else you want to touch on? Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, as I said um, during the break to you, um, (laughs) I really enjoyed the the incorporation of the Messi tribe um, uh, into the costumes that, they they really they were thoughtful about um you know about what they were doing uh to represent africa in this uh, musical so um in- like even down to um rafiki's neck neckwear yeah. um all her and all her little um trinkets and things like that as as a good witch doctor in africa uh, it real it's a lot of respect to to the culture and and i really really find that you know, re- respectful. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you saw that through, obviously you saw it in Rafiki and I would say the other obvious one would be like the ensemble in like one by one. Yeah, yeah. Was it threaded throughout other yeah. things? Uh, so, so all the headwear, the, the, like um, Simba, even even Scar, some of, some of the, the patterns in the actual masks. Yeah, right. Um, very like... They resemble Maasai sort of masks. Yeah, so. cool. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I think the far out, the the costuming and the puppetry in this show is just it's so unmatched. Like yeah. I can't think of anything else that is this incredibly not just exquisite but non-conventional, I mm. guess. Mm. But still being able to tie in elements of realism like that, as well as like make them believable animals without yeah. making it gimmicky. Don't you find it, I found it amazing as well that, you know, just touching on what Julie was saying, like, you don't, you don't get my puppets unless you see the puppeteers. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how you just forget to look at the people and you look at the. <laughs> I do, except for Timone. I yeah, cannot I know, stop Timone. watching that guy. <laughs> uh, there's someone behind you. <laughs> and he's taller than Turn the around. puppet. Like... Turn around. <laughs> he's behind you. I do like that his tail <laughs> is the butt of the. Puppeteer's yeah. costume? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a giant onesie. It'd be so hot oh, in that man. thing. <laughs> Tell me about it. 
yeah. And even, but even Pumba, I love Pumba. Like he's halfway down the body, and Pumba's is fantastic because so he's the hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, like what a cool. Ah, oh, it's so clever. It's so just clever. so clever. Yeah. yeah, I um, I think I, the only costume thing that I struggle to accept. Mm. Right, there's some cool things. The lionesses look amazing with their bed sheets. Fantastic. <laughs> But I thought you were going to say the that. The thing actually. I cannot get on board with is <laughs> the swords. Yeah. <laughs> Why, when Mufasa goes to fight Scar, does he suddenly? You expect to be like, like, what do they call like cuff? What do you call those old school pirate swords? Like cuff bits. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. And he has two of them. I just like a machete. (laughs) He's just cutting cane. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. Like I I have big. I think what? (laughs) Why do they have claws in their costume if they're going to use (laughs) swords? Oh man! And like Simba has them at the end, and I was like, "Oh, the swords are back." Mufasa left them for him. Son, here are my swords. <laughs> Everything light touches is yours. Yeah. And <laughs> Oh god. Like I don't even I don't even get what they're meant to represent. Like no. is there a blacksmith that lives under Prime yeah, Rock? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what the elephants do, don't you know? They sit on metal and Oh, my God. It's the it. tusks of the elephant yeah. from the opening number. They're like, well, yeah. we're not going to use this for yeah, the rest exactly. of the show. <laughs> oh, what, my God. What, okay, one, one other puppet, puppet thing that I don't, I'm not on board with is the legs of the elephant. What? Yeah, I don't, I don't dig it. Why? It just looks so weird. No, but aren't they just like the trunk-like It's legs? people, yeah. It's just yeah, an in indi- legs, individual person in the leg. Yeah. And if they don't get it right, <laughs> the elephant looks a little bit challenged. <laughs> Did you notice? You didn't notice. They come up on stage and then all of a sudden it just rushes on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Two things. One, yeah. as <laughs> I did notice because we watched a... We watched a bootleg of the 2011 London production. 13. Far out. The 2013. <laughs> Every time I say it, it's a different year. 2013 London production, right? Yeah. And I remember, that's what I remember from the Circle of Life. I think of that and I think of the elephant. I think yeah. both times that I saw it, I just I burst beautiful. into times. Yeah, yeah. Burst into tears both times mm. I saw it. <laughs> and this one. It's just risky. You can't see the aisles, right, in this from this camera angle. But the elephant kind of like jet like. <laughs> It's like I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> Get up there. It just kind of ascends like Jesus. Onto That's the crazy. Stage. It's so fast, but it didn't stop me crying. No. Like- <laughs> I almost felt like the front left leg, because he was the one getting swung around, I almost felt like he was flying. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, it, was like, it was like he was on a, I don't know, you know, those spinning things in the parks, the kiddie parks. <laughs> Done. But <laughs> yeah, but that was that was god. my only other gripe. Oh my god. Okay. So <laughs> now that we're past that, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of circle of life, let's yes. quickly talk about that. 
good to finally be able to play the Broadway version of that because as much as I love the film version, yeah. that one just kingpin like. Uh, it does. Nails it to the back door. So, so, so good. good. So the um, the recordings that I'm going to um, use throughout this podcast are the original Broadway cast. Uh, however, Thank what you. we watched was the, the London cast that recorded it that was filmed about 10 Years after this, nearly 10 years after this was recorded. So the way that we're going to rate songs is we're going to be rating only the songs that were first introduced in the Broadway productions. However, that doesn't mean we don't pretend songs like Circle of Life don't exist. So this was the song that won, spoilers, if you haven't listened to season one, (laughs) this won best Disney song. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I was uh, in total agreement. I mean, it was left to the fates really in the end, but I, 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 this is, I felt like this is probably the best song that come out of Disney. Yeah. Um, so good. And it's almost like it didn't come out of Disney. It did, but <laughs> it's like something you wouldn't it's expect. It's so different. You know? it's, it's not yeah. Mencken. I think yeah. that's the thing, like. You think of the sound of Disney, you really do think of the sound of Mencken. Yeah. And this yeah. is completely removed from that. So much. I I don't know. I personally think the best Disney song is a tie between Show Yourself from Frozen 2, mm. which I think is a masterpiece. And this, please say this. The Bells of Notre Dame, which oh, opens Hunchback of Notre yeah. Dame. But that's because you're a muso. Masterpiece. Yeah, I'm talking about the best Disney song, yeah. man. <laughs> and and Circle of Life. I think Circle of Life just has so much swing when it comes to the nostalgia vote. Yeah, yeah. Which was really difficult. for. We recorded for two years, season one. It's really hard to take it's the nostalgia vote out. Mm. It's really mm. hard to be like, I love this song, so flat fives. Or this is the, my childhood movie, so yeah. flat fives, you know, because that's not... That's not real. I mean, that's why some people will fight to the death to say When You Wish Upon a Star is the best Disney song. Yeah. Because it's their song. It's the nostalgia vote, which is completely valid. But if we did that, then, you know, it would kind of ruin the point of the show. Like, what's the point? Like, I I think they're valid opinions, but you're wrong. No. Um, (laughs) No. um, Hunchback of, yeah, that, that is such a beautiful piece of music mm. i love it so much um, so dark it's so cool yeah I, I i don't know i just i i guess i i have extra nostalgia because i lived in africa so yeah. that I, I suppose but i i guess it's also something that i never pictured would come out of disney yeah like a true representation of uh, an african you know story yeah using you know? anthropomorphic yeah. animals but yes, yes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yes, the movie opens with the most iconic opening to a film ever. 
I I actually saw on Instagram yesterday someone had posted, my teacher told me you can't hear images and it was <laughs> just a picture of the sun from the Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a great opening. It's such a great opening that the live action film absolutely fucked. Mm. But that's that's the topic for another episode. Uh, okay, so... This opens, all the animals come out, and then we move into the first original song of the production, the musical. I just can't say the word musical for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only two gins in. Um, And this is the Grasslands Chant. in this song what is going on uh they uh <clears throat> yes <laughs> it's it's a bunch of people with grass on their hair, head isn't it? <laughs> in dresses um <clears throat> i feel <laughs> um i feel <laughs> i think it's great actually <laughs> Is, isn't this isn't this where um, so he takes Simba to, to show him the land and stuff? Isn't that right? Is that where, is we're almost this is? there. We're almost My there. God. He's, he's teaching Simba to hunt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're bouncing. Yeah, yeah. And there's the puppets running through. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um, but, yes, it is people with grass on their head. No, I think it's really cleverly staged. Um, yeah. I, I feel like to just have that sort of creative genius to go, okay, well, we're just going to put grass on people, people's head and make them sway it. <laughs> and then they can run through it and they'll have different yeah. levels and all that sort of stuff. I it's like just crazy. I like it starts with puppets, yeah. like actual That's puppets. That's right, yes, yeah, yeah. It's yep. cute, as. It is, yeah, yeah. I really like the the use of the skirts that they turn and the skirt it is sways. structured in a way that it hits a beat after yes. they turn. It's so cool and so it pretty. Is. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really clever. <laughs> Bunch of people with grass on their heads wearing dresses. Buzzards come through. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> go away, buzzards. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I think this is quite cool. So, Wars Up and Funner is like, come, come on, like come, come young come man, soon. isn't come, it? Come yeah, on, yeah. It's, is, it's just is kind of like encouragement to like come along, kind of thing. Okay. I think so, it's beautiful. Who wrote that? This is so basically what I've gathered is all the stuff you didn't get in the film mm. is Lebo M. Yeah, okay. It's either songs from Rhythm of the Pride Lands that has yeah. been reimagined, or Julie Taymor actually assisted writing some of this stuff as well. Yeah, right. So I think they collaborated a lot on this wow. stuff. So yeah, let's go with those two people. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I love the Kalimba in it. And yeah, you know, oh, it's just so much Kalimba. Yeah. Which is. From memory, that's like a finger thumb piano. Piano, thumb yeah. piano. That's what I better for. You're using your thumbs and <laughs> just to get a picture. <laughs> She's using her thumbs and saying fingers. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it's like. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 
Yeah, and they usually have, um, they'll use like a hardened shell on the back and, yeah. a, and a slab of wood on top yeah, and right. then um, put the, they'll put a sound hole in it and have the metal bars across the top tuned. Yeah, and it's just you basically flick them down when they go back yep. up as they hit. They no, make the it's sound just down. yeah, you just it's you hit your nail on the, on the usually, or it's just the point of when it you sort of flick the edge of edge of it that yeah. makes the sound. That's yeah. so cool. Such it's a so cool good. instrument, which I can guarantee is all keyboards now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably real ones on this recording. Yeah, but. I was sort of like, mm, sounds more like a xylophone. So yeah. we're rating them out of we're rating them. I'm gonna have to get a tissue in a second. It's like no, I'll do it now because I can't enough. say it. <laughs> I'll do the. So we are we are rating these songs based on a score out of five each in the categories of music, lyrics, staging, and contribution to the overall production. Yes. So <laughs> would you like to go first? No. <laughs> so with our scoring, yeah, no. I can feel like... I just want to get a vibe of what's going on. Yeah, okay. So I'll start. I'll start. So I wasn't super kind to this song, so I just don't think there's heaps going on. So I gave it two and a half for music, one for lyrics because it's just a round, three and a half for staging, and two for contribution. Ooh, three and a half for staging after we just spoke so fondly of it. Well, I think it's cool. I just don't think it's anything like phenomenal. Like it's not the thing I remember from this show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, So music I put four because (laughs) I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Lyrics, yeah, I, I've like, I've, yep, it's not a number. I don't think. A, <laughs> I don't think my document will be able to compute lyrics. four plus. Yep. What did you put for lyrics? I gave it one. Why? Because it's around. Correct. So that's and that's the the famous thing that they that is applied to most African music is though it's it's like a round sort of thing. So I put two. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> For staging, I put four. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's and half a point less than me. Yes. And oh, more than me. More than you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and con- contribution, I put four as well. Because I, I find that's part of the story, isn't it, really? so Yeah, I just don't think if the song was missing, the scene would still exist. 100%, actually. I might take that back. <laughs> <laughs> two. Okay. <laughs> Like it doesn't, for me, contribution is about does it further Effect. the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, it yeah. was missing, would it leave a giant gaping hole There's in the story? There's another song that I thought it? exactly of that down further, yeah. which I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so yes, that'll come up. All right, so we move on to a song that was written for the movie, put in the movie, I think, in original drafts and then cut from the movie and then it was put in the musical and lasted like five seconds before it was cut from the musical but uh i feel i feel bad for this song so we're gonna rate it (laughs) this is the morning report it's an honor and a privilege a duty i perform with due sense of decorum and with pride with deference and great respect very much the norm Plus a hint of sycophancy on the side. Chips are going ape, giraffes remain above it all. Elephants remember, though just what I can't recall. Crocodiles are snapping up fresh offers from the banks. Showed interest in my nest egg, but I quickly said, no thanks. We haven't paid the hornbills, and the vultures have a hunch. Not everyone invited will be coming back from lunch. Morning report gives you the long and the short. Okay, 
Okay, so this this song that no one wants, it's yes. just like the unwanted duckling, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Can I just say, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I think it really sets the mood for Zazu's character. Yeah. It's it's almost, um, what's that? What's that? Um, it's like from uh, Pirates of Panzana. I was going to say, of, it feels very modern Major yeah, General. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so... <laughs> Uh, and I love the ending where it goes into that gospel feel. Um, this is the morning report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I did uh, so uh, music. I did five. 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 Wow. I thought it was. I thought it was genius. You really liked it. Yeah. Lyrics was five. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. This, this, hey, I'm a virgin here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> Staging. I I gave it a three because mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was here or there. And what are the ensemble wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and contribution, I gave it a three. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, without this, without it, you kind of get what sort of character Zazu is anyway. Yeah. But with it, it adds that little bit extra, I find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gave it three for music th- and three and a half for lyrics. I think it's clever, but I didn't go, oh, my God, like, why did they cut this song? You're just jaded. Um, you are a jaded a scorer. That's what you are. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's been 85 years. Um, Daging, I gave it three because shout out to my girls with the grass on the head in their (laughs) sweating skirts. And contribution, I gave it 0.5 because I really don't. You didn't need it. I understand why it's cut. Uh, It just doesn't need to be there. Like, I think for a musical, though, I, I feel like it fits the mould. I feel like it fits the typical Broadway mould. Okay. It's very Broadway. It's very genus. Yeah. But <clears throat> the rest of the show is not like that. Yeah. And Why do it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I, I like the song. I do like the song, but <laughs> you don't miss it. Like, they cut it for a reason. What's it? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's me warming up for my next set. <laughs> Playing trumpet? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> that was, the face, I didn't know what was going on. That was amazing. <laughs> I was just, whoa, you can actually, I'm never, beatbox, you know, yeah. I'm never mm. pretending to beatbox in front of you again. Okay. Yeah, please don't. So please after don't. the after the morning report, which doesn't exist anymore, so technically after <laughs> Grasslands Gen, we go into one of my, I think, my favourite Zulu numbers, the Lioness Hunt. So this is the lioness hunt. This is the first time we see Nala. And I think in the movie, the first time you see Nala, the lionesses have just gotten back from the hunt. Yep. So this is just like 10 minutes before that happened when yeah. they're actually hunting and they kill a gazelle. So the lyrics, where Baba means oh father. So the first time we heard them sing about mother, which is mother nature, and I guess father might be earth or? No, that's, that mother is earth, isn't it? Nature yeah, so universe. what would father be? Uh, the sun, probably. Okay, cool. And then it's all about, like, let, let's just go hunt father, as in, like, father out. I yes. think it's about, like, let's go father out, let's hunt. And yep. then they've got the very cool line, sick bear can is yours in I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. Did you just 
Wow. Oh, wow. That's great. Which is like, good all pronunciation. right, we're good to go. Let's go. Why would you say that I need to help you with your pronunciation when you've obviously worked on it? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> well, I was just more like, I didn't want you to show me up because oh, I was like, okay, yeah, no. I feel like I know what I'm doing, but if you know what you're doing, you're going to say all of it. Yeah, yeah, um, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> um, it's really, really cool. There's that epic percussion section at the end. Oh, my God. Where they've got the gazelles running through. Now, the gazelles are designed with one on each arm and one on the head, but then after they've gone through a couple of times, one comes back and he's only got the one on his head. And then they take it apart in three pieces. Yeah. It's so quick. It's it's so good. It's so freaking cool. I love it. The costume design of these lionesses is magical. These are the bed sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... Oh, the way that the lionesses move as a pack is one of my favourite things. And they come back a few times as packs in Shadowland and Rafiki's Morning. Yeah. And every time it's just such a magical thing to see. I, yeah, I think it's gorgeous because it's really feminine. And yeah. it's showing that femininity, yet also this song shows their ability to, you know, um, to hunt. Well, well, that's, that's, what, what, it's that's called. what lions do. Yeah, yeah, that's right, the, exactly. The female lions go do and hunt. It. And the guys and just, just lay around and yeah. shag any lioness that comes along. Hey, baby. Nala and Simba <laughs> are definitely cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> for this, I gave it uh, three for music, a one for lyrics, four for staging and a two for contribution. I think the use, see this to me, this is really great use of around inverted commas, you yeah. know, repetition of a, of a musical theme, the way that it layers and then uh, takes a, takes a U-turn right before the antelope comes on. And then we get that like cool uh, additional melody by the antelope. He's just kneeling yeah. on the ground whilst they like tear apart the puppet, but he's the one doing that at the end yeah, which is right. just cool it's just so musically interesting because it builds yeah. and builds and builds and builds that to me is really really cool all right what about you i music was four mm-hmm. lyrics two two i gonna say five then no it was two <laughs> uh staging i gave four and a three for contribution and i just i for me i think it it it's these types of songs so uh, i mean we I think it grounds the musical itself. So mm. I think when I think of contribution, I think of it adding to the cultural influence in the musical, mm. um, not so much the storyline. So Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's why, like, I haven't given them zero because I think, yeah, it does exactly that. It just reminds us of, like, where we are and the traditions of the land because at the end of the day we're watching lions. Yeah. Like, there's nothing <laughs> culturally significant about the way that lions yeah. Live, like lions could technically live anywhere and they'd still be lions. Whereas yeah, like true. this ingrains like the culture of, the culture Africa, of Africa into. They're correct. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the movie doesn't really do that because and there's I, no people in it. And I think the staging is quite good in the fact that it's just really sparse. Um, so it allows for you to see that. Mm. Um, even even the like their dancing moves and things like that is is very African style, you yeah, know, and and it really yeah adds to that cultural thing. And like when you think of the the savannas of Africa, it's not like there's trees everywhere. Like, no, <laughs> so it kind of explains why the stage is so bare. Yeah, because it's yeah. a whole lot of nothing in between, 
You exactly. Know, the something is where Timon and Pumbaa are. Yes, you know? exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Oh, Pride Rock, all or yeah. nothing, Timon and Pumbaa. That's basically yeah. the layout of the Savannah, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so following this, we've got I Just Can't Wait to Be King. And now I have feelings about this song. Just from that intro, yeah. freaking hands together for the reorchestration yes. of this song, of this show overall. How's but, that bass? Uh, <laughs> but just the, the use of more ethnically appropriate yep. instruments. Yep. It sucks the Elton Johnness right out of yes. out of this song. It's so good. Anyway, here's a little bit more for those who are like, you stop before you start singing. <laughs> I'm going to be a mighty king, so when the bees beware. I've never seen a king of beasts with quite so little hair. I'm gonna be the main event like no king was before. I'm rushing up on the king down. I'm working on my raw. That's far a rather uninspiring thing. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. How would you compare that kid to the one that we watched? Oh my god, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, okay. You can be real. He's he's an adult now. Yeah, that's right. Two thousand ten years ago, cheapers. Mm. He lacked. Let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> I was left wanting more, more love bitterness. <laughs> Uh, it was okay. Let's do better. <laughs> I I remember watching this. I don't have a lot of memories of the first time I saw The Lion King, but I do distinctly remember the second time I watched it and when when I watched it again today. God, this number looks boring. Yeah. Why is there a black background on this number? It's so stupid. I can't. There's so much that could be done. Like through the whole show, I'm just like, oh, you could be doing so much more with You're this. You're Disney. Yeah, be yeah, Disney. Yeah. Like I, I I remember talking when we recorded the Encanto episode when we were talking about that Jacaranda song. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's that song? What else can I do? And I said, we've already seen I Just Can't Wait to Be King. This is basically <laughs> just paying homage to that. Yeah. So it was just a whole lot of visually assaulting colours and patterns and craziness, which is what I think of when I think of The Lion King. And this is like an empty stage with a black backdrop with like four people in onesies and they're riding these giant like ostrich things and then you've got the giraffes, which is basically gigantic teepees, and that's it. It was like it was almost a circus. Like did you say it was the circus colours and things like that, clown Circus, um, but that's yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's in Africa. That's probably more like festival wear. Yeah. Um, those colours and things like that. But it needs to it be needs, more than that. There needs to be something yeah, else can, on stage. Hundred percent. You can't just rely on. Oh, we're going to throw in a bunch of colours and. Yeah, you know, I thought maybe they thought things. the black background would mean the colours would pop. But maybe. instead it just looked like the dress rehearsal where we, we forgot to put it in the backdrop or something. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. It has, well, maybe, it hasn't maybe finished that, drying. Maybe, the, maybe it didn't come down. Maybe this didn't come down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was they just, didn't colour the scrim properly. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so lame. I also find it really weird when Zazu says, this wasn't in the cartoon right before the song. I'm like, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it Everything was. Everything that's happening was in the cartoon. 
Oh, and also because the song starts, the intro starts, and they drop all those beautiful cloths, pattern yeah. cloths. And then as soon as Simba and Nala come, th- come through on the giant ostrich they things, they fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> that would have been fine. Just move it back yeah. Yeah, upstage. <laughs> Leave them there. Anyway. Yeah, some interesting choices. We're not rating that song, but we are rating this one. It's time to chow down. guitar riff that like chunky metal drum beat like oh, i live for it. i live for this song musically okay what are your feelings on it gender because i feel like we're a bit divided um, on this yeah i'm not with you on this one yeah right <laughs> i find it really disjointed but it's that that's the style that it's supposed to be and i think it's probably trying to bring over the characterizations of hyenas and things like that um and it really changes does change the mood and 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 brings in that different shade, but I don't like it. I don't know. I, it's just it's grinding to me. I don't. It, <laughs> it just grinds. Shut up. I will. I will admit the staging of this is horrendously boring. Yeah. Horrendously boring. In fact, I find anything the hyenas are in horrendously boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because they're limited with what they can do because they're holding the head, the head in front of them. Yeah, yeah. But my so they've God. only got one hand, really, that they can use. and then that's... Well, the other hand is holding the front legs. One front leg. No, they're it? together. They are. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they don't look like they kind of got this penis hanging in yeah. front. But, like, I just find – even I find be prepared really messy. I, I, I find they just stand there and kind of sway their heads a lot, and I find yeah. it very, very boring. But musically, oh my god, this song! I remember just wanting to be a hyena when I heard oh, this. Really? I was, I'm chopping at the bit, baby. <laughs> oh, it's just so, oh, it's so hot. Anyway, my scores are um, oh. chow down. I gave it four for music. Yeah. I gave it uh, a three and a half for lyrics. Yeah. I gave it one for staging because I think they absolutely asked it, and I gave it three for contribution to story. Yeah, so this is where my virginity comes. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I gave it music three, uh-huh. uh, lyrics four, uh-huh. two for staging, mm-hmm. and four for contribution. So we basically almost swapped the first two, <laughs> and I did one extra on the other last two. So. <laughs> yep, basically, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I just don't, I don't, I did didn't do anything for me. Yeah, that's okay. But that's, I mean, that's probably comes down to my. I mean, I've been in Jesus Christ Superstar, so I should like that sort of stuff, right? I think it's I think it's clever, but yeah, I don't oh, I don't know. It really does change the mood and and probably not for my liking. 
Okay. There we F- go. Fair, fair. Yeah. Everyone's entitled yeah. to be wrong. Yeah. So I did, <laughs> but you said uh, you don't like their staging. This so probably their direction, but I like. I do like the big bone structure. Oh, the set is the cool. The set's amazing. The yeah. set is really cool, yeah, but yeah. what they do with it is so. That's terrible. This, the, I think, for the first two minutes of this song, they're just standing there, bobbing their heads at Simba. I'm like, run away, dude. <laughs> <Can't go anywhere. laughs> just run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So then on to one of the most beautiful songs in this mo- in this musical. So I've been saying movie for two years. They live in you. Night and the spirit of life calling Mamela and a voice with the fear of a child asking Oh Mamela That's a, yeah, that's a good. Mm. It's such an understated opening into that chorus that just washes through that beautiful entrance of the bass line. Mm. And it's, it's so subtle yet so beautifully dramatic. Yeah, the, the musical build in that is just phenomenal. Mm. Mm. Again, we've got heavy use of kalimba. Yes. Which is a thumb piano that you use your thumbs for. <laughs> Um, Not your fingers. This this song was originally featured in another movie. What? Night and the spirit of life calling. This. this is the voice of Lebo M yeah. singing He Lives in You for The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Ah. Wow. Which okay. also plays over the credits of the live action Lion King. No more yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's a real missed opportunity for it to be in the in. first one. Yeah. yeah. They could have put it in. Um, yeah. Gosh. Incredible bit of music. So it still counts because we didn't score it because it wasn't part of the first movie, even though we did a bonus episode on the sequel. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is written by Lebo M. Yes. And that's him singing it for Simba's Pride. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this song? Uh, it's beautiful. Um, so like... 
even just the lyrics being so meaningful and just, you know, it's a guiding song. You can tell that it's a guiding song mm. by the music even. Like, mm. I, I don't know what it is about the music, but it's sort of, it almost feels like to me it's a, here, I've got to tell you something. Mm. And before I die. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die until yeah. you just yeah. Don't give it away. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's the space that's in this yeah. song. There's no, there's nothing rushed about it musically, lyrically. It's like line, space, line, space. Yeah. And sometimes the space is filled by the ensemble. Yeah. Singing Ingonyama Nenguanababala, which means the lion wears the leopard spots, which is yeah. like a royalty significance kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is very clever that when Simba comes out as an adult man, he has leopard spots in his costume. Yes. Definitely. It's very, very cool. <laughs> Even though the original translation I read of Engonyama Nengonamabala was, Ah, it's a lion! It's yeah. a lion! <laughs> um, it's a lion. <laughs> but I think, yeah, the, the space that it leaves for just dramatic moments so it doesn't become about voice it becomes about yeah story and message and also it just allows this like rich baritone to just mm. sail across oh it's so gorgeous it is it's so appropriate for Mufasa and it's a real I think it really helps make it even sadder when he dies because spoiler um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah in case you've never seen one of, if you're one of those people <laughs> if you were born yesterday yeah. But it makes it sadder because it really connects Simba and Mufasa. Yeah. Whereas in the film, you just get everything the light touches and then he rescues him after the encounter with the hyenas and then that's it, we go to the stampede. Whereas yeah. this gives a real father-child bonding moment. Exactly. I, I put down in my notes, um, it's the chat, you know. It's yeah. like the chat about life. This is... This is how to, you know, how you live your life. and Yeah. Oh, because this is in the film. This is the, we die and we become the grass and yes. the antelopes eat the yeah, grass yeah, and they poop right. it out and then someone else eats the poop. And um, <laughs> this is just a nice way of putting it. They eat it up. But yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's stunning and yeah. 100% deserves to be in, in this show and in this story. Mm. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a five for music, mm -hmm. five for lyrics, five for staging, and a five for contribution. <laughs> ding, ding, Flat fives. Flat fives from Jetta. <laughs> I loved it. I gave it just shy of that. What? I gave it a four for music, mm -hmm. a five for lyrics, a four for staging, and a uh, yeah. and a five for contribution. So uh, you gave it eighteen. There you go. Yeah, nice. I think. I think it's because... What's wrong with the music? Tell me. Because there's another version of it later that's better. So you got to do, do the song for the song, man. Yeah, no, but it doesn't... It makes me feel... But it doesn't make me go, holy shit. For me, a five is a holy shit moment. I mean, this is why I messaged you saying yeah, this, this show is full of high Maybe moments I just need here. To this say, is not good. Yeah, for, for me, my bar is five is holy shit. Okay. Anything that's just that was fantastic was four. All right. Yeah. I should learn these things. I'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. great one. <laughs> yeah. Ab absolutely beautiful. Probably would have been aided by a slightly more um, acty Simba. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we definitely needed one of those. <laughs> was, was Simba there? <laughs> 
And that's uh, all. Oh no, that's not all the songs. We've got two more songs that play until interval. So we've got "Be Prepared" and we've got "Hakuna Matata." Be I never thought hyenas essential. They're crude and unspeakably brave. But maybe they've a glimmer of potential. If allied to my vision and brain. I know that your powers of retention are as wet as a warthog's backside. But thick as you are, pay attention. My words are a matter of pride. It's clear from your vacant expression The lights are not all on upstairs But we're talking kings and successions Even you can't be caught unaware Be prepared! Yeah, be prepared! We'll be prepared! For what? For the death of the king! Is he sick? No! Um, Patrick Page was the replacement for Scar. That's, that's light and day. Yeah, pa- Patrick Page, most people will probably know as um, Hades in Hadestown. Yep. Hey, little songbird, give me a song. I'm a busy man. Or if you're a fan of the Hunchback musical, he was um, clubbing. Frollo. Fro- Frollo, the priest. Okay, yeah, Hellfire. yeah, yeah. Um, He is incredible as Hades in Hadestown. I was fortunate enough to see him live. And wow. He is a true contrabass. Oh my god, those notes! Yeah, I, don't, I do not like the performance on this cast recording. No, Ooh. I'm with you. <sighs> it's it's like, not. It's not creepy enough. There's no raspiness to it. There's, there's no darkness. It's in missing it. that darkness yeah. that Jeremy Irons had, despite the fact that he did not sing basically any of "Be Prepared." No. Uh, I so there's a lot of stuff on the internet you can read about how Jeremy Irons didn't sing the last half of "Be Prepared" yeah. because he was unwell. That's right. However, Jim Cummings, who played Ed filled in and sang the end of Be Prepared. Now, that's what the internet tells us. Jim Cummings was actually at the <coughs> Comic-Con, I guess you call it, in Melbourne recently. Yeah. yeah. And we asked him, how really? much of Be Prepared did you sing? And his reply was, most of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. interesting, fun. That's a good opportunity, isn't it? Exclusive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you heard it here yeah. on <laughs> Dissecting Disney Ditties. I, guess, I could be rich right now. You could be. So, yeah, um, that's a shame. What did you uh, – we'll just brush over these quickly. What did you think of Be Prepared? Uh, I could take it, leave it or take it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't didn't have that aggressiveness or that darkness that the movie – yeah, as, even I think the colouring was part of the problem. Yeah. It was orange and yellow, yeah. like the Circle of Life. What colours the movie? Black. Green. Pink. It's black and green. There's all that green smoke crap that comes oh, up yes, from the yes, floor. Oh, yes, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah pink. I, Be prepared as <laughs> pink. Yeah, I just, there was the femininity <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah, it, I, f- I found it a little off-putting because it wasn't as dramatic no. No. as the as a Animation, yep. cartoon animation, whatever you want to call it. I think overall you know. the problem with this stage production is that it's too afraid to be dark. Yeah. This this is quite a dark film. Yeah. It's got those moments of relief like I just can't wait to be king, but embrace the darkness, man. Yeah. It's 
he's evil as shit. He murders one lion and nearly murders a second lion. And he's old and he's frail and he's in charge of all these like really mean animals, which um, animal purists are really mad about because yeah, they're not actually that are not vicious. Yeah, yeah at all. <laughs> I mean, they still will kill you, but yeah. you know, they're not they're not quite like this. Okay, so yeah, that's be prepared. But in sorry, just yeah. in saying that, even even with um, even I, I agree with you totally because even with the stampede, I don't think it's dark enough. Especially, I think, towards the end of it when he dies, it needs to be something dramatic changing. Yeah. You know? Oh, I don't, I don't Speaking know. of the stampede. Yes. I totally agree. The the use of the puppetry in that is mind blowing. The spinning, yeah, the spinning and buffalo head. And they get slightly bigger like the, and slightly yeah. bigger and slightly bigger. It's terrifying, yep. absolutely terrifying. Yep. Very good. But yeah, I agree. Seeing, I get it's hard. I get it's really yeah, yeah, hard, yeah. especially because we walk on two legs. <laughs> but seeing Mufasa just kind of like run in between people running on the spot. Uh, and even Simba like running on the spot and then like angling that way and yeah, angling yeah, that way. Yeah. It looks a bit video gamey. Yeah, it does. It's do very think... two dimensional. Yeah. I think Mufasa's death is cool. I think the way that they strobe it as he falls is beautiful. Yeah. But the lead up to that is, yeah, a little bit like Black-luster. just pretend you're like trying yeah. to climb the wall and you get up like two handholds and you clearly wouldn't die from that height. Like, yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So following that is a piece called Rafiki Mourns. Now, this is a fun fact. This was written by Sidi Laloka, who yes. plays yep. Rafiki. It's just, she's the only cast member that wrote a song for the musical, which yeah. I, I see as a fun fact everywhere. And I'm like, of course she was the only cast member. Like, she's probably <laughs> the only cast member in, like, the history of ever. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely stunning, beautiful. She wrote this whole sequence. It actually keeps going after. So she mourns. Scar does his whole, I am going to own you now. And then there was another bit that I forgot about when we watched it where she started doing like a um, mourn thing as well that is not yeah. on the cast recording. So beautiful. It's gorgeous. And and it's almost um, very like living in Africa, living in Zambia, um, in, the, in the culture of, of, well, in the culture of either Chinyanja or Chitonga, 
in Zambia, they they mourn for um, seven days. Yeah, right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of um, vocalizing um, loss, um, and that's the way that they pay homage or you know um, pay their tributes to the to, to the mourning and and uh, of their loved one. Mm. Um, and it'll be for hours, and it'll be through the night, and you'll you'll hear it from afar. Yeah, it's, wow. Um, so that that song actually just reminds me of it's very. You know, it's very <laughs> corrective of, of that morning sound. Yeah. Know, that that sort of screaming. Yeah. Without screaming. But yeah, 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 yeah. But a sort of a wail. Yeah, a wail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a wail. Yeah. I very think the fact that she she wrote it, you can. It just feels like it comes out of her. The woman we watched was fine. Yeah. But it felt very rushed for starters. She kind of ran on, and just started singing. This just has like it feels improvised. Breath. Yeah. yeah. It's just beautiful. The inclusion of the breath from the lionesses later on mm. and then the staging of them pulling the tears out of the mask. Holy crap. How Julie Taymor. awesome is that? Julie Taymor, man. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's haunting. I love it. That was even more, re- reminded me even more of it is like they're always in, uh, not they're always, they. There's always a, f- a family together around morning time and it is, they're all, all together and they're just morning and morning. And that, that lioness pack just, those tears coming out is just so, it's just correct. Anyway. It's beautifully powerful. Yeah, so good. So after that, to round out Act 1, we've got Hakuna Matata. Hakuna? Matata. <laughs> Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries. Yeah, it's our motto. It was terrible. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Have like, they not seen the movie? <laughs> Guys, or at least another version of the production. Like, come on. Ah, um, look, uh, all I can say is Jason Mraz is fantastic in this role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know who his understudy and later replacement was? No. Chris Jackson. Oh. I'm stepping down. I'm not running for president. I'm sorry, what? Okay. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, very, very cool. I saw a photo of like some of the cast in a bus and I was like, is that Chris Jackson? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was the understudy and later the replacement. Wow. Very, very cool. That was his Broadway debut. Oh, was it? Yeah. Now look where he is. <laughs> now look where he's he is. He's in the movies. <laughs> he's in the movies. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a cool way to end act one, I guess. Yeah, leisurely. Le- oh, well, if it's done well, you probably left on a high. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's fun. I think the entrance of Adult Simba is really freaking cool. Yeah. Just that stop time for him yeah. to just come in. It, it should get applause. Like you do it right, it should get applause. Yeah. This was my favourite moment when I when I did it with uh, one was with a school and one was with a like a youth theatre group. Mm. I was just like, this is your moment. Like you need to hit that mark. Doesn't matter what happens after that, you got to hit it. Yep. Slam that first line and you're done. They'll the audience you will love you. The yep. audience will love you. And just seeing the joy of these kids who've sat backstage for, you know, 45 minutes yeah. waiting. For- <laughs> <laughs> Don't go on yet. <laughs> no. um, it's so cool. And then it's like, well done, interval. <laughs> so then after interval, this is by far the show that has the most songs out of anything that I have on the list. Uh, we go into this strange opening number. For act two, one by one. Is it? It's totally irrelevant to the to the show, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but because I mean, really, what they're talking about is beating apartheid. Is yeah, it's basically like you're black and you're proud, and we are the correct. people, and one by one we will defeat oppressors. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I I wonder if is that a song that was written pre Lion King? I. <sighs> Because it does, it sounds like a, a fight song, yeah. Um, a celebration as well. Like, we will win. One by one. Oh, what do you know? So, Lebo M wrote this album. Okay. That came out the year after The Lion King, which was called Rhythm of the Pride Lands, which had this on it. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, for some reason, didn't mark that as one of the songs off that album, but yes, it was. No, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a beautiful song, though, and, mm. and it's, I mean, when, what year was that written? 1995, album? that album came out, so the year after The Lion King. And the year after Nelson Mandela was freed, or became president, sorry. Yeah, right. Or was that a question? No, it is. Yeah, um, right. So, well, like... Um, Nelson Mandela was um, pre- uh, voted president in May 94. Yeah, right. And there was, at that time, I remember there being a big celebration and they wrote a lot of overcoming oppression songs. This um, is probably right up there, yeah. I'm guessing it's probably very much influenced and, and yeah. Oh, it's great. There no, you go. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a beautiful song that has yeah. no, like you wouldn't know if it wasn't there. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, it serves a purpose in that we're still like ingraining the show in Africa because af- yes. after this, it's just a, a speed run to the finish basically. That's right, yeah. But I don't know. I always find it a little bit like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I liked it as a warm, a warm welcome back. 
to your seat. Yeah, I that's feel like the house was... lights should still be on. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we also sing this song. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a little like you got three yeah. minutes to sit down practicing. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm in love with that song. I love that song. Okay, cool. Yeah. Would you like to rate that song? Yeah, five. <laughs> um, five for music, five for lyrics. Staging, I gave it a three because I still feel it's, it's genuine to the song, mm-hmm. I feel. Uh, and I feel like, you know, what was going on was was perfect. Uh, contribution to. Yeah. I don't I'd, do point fives. I should do – because it would be about 2.5 really. Well, um, you can do 2.5. Let's change it to 2.5. Yeah. Not allergic here. Gives us more room. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I gave this 2.5 for music, 3.5 for lyrics, 2 for staging. The costumes are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And 0.5 for contribution because whilst I think it's beautiful, like – it deserves uh, something. Right? Yeah, you can have a half point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So after that finishes, mm-hmm. we get the introduction of Nala with the most awkward scene ever. This is when she goes to see Scar and says, oh, we've got no food. And he basically tries to sexually uh, assault her. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That is pretty awkward, isn't it? But it's just strange. I think because they're trying to like kidify it. Yeah. But it goes for so long. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps saying, like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's very clear what he's trying to do. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Like, he's, <laughs> he's full on grabbed her and she's like, are you even listening to me? And it's like, that is not the question I'd be asking right now. No. <laughs> Can you get your hands off yeah. me, please? <laughs> um, anyway, so there's this really awkward, strange scene that I, I don't like and I think needs to be tightened and darkened. And then... Mm. We get Shadowland, ladies and gentlemen, Heather Headley. amazing too gorgeous so simple so simple this first featured musically in the lion king as underscoring this this theme is all the way through the second act of that movie yeah
then Lebowem wrote some words to it. This is called Leah Halalela. Soft fades and white vignettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walking along a beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it, it's it's come up a few times in the in the Lion King canon before it got here, and I think this is just the beautiful like end of the line where we finally just put it yeah. put it in the story. The, the lyrics are all about, like, the holiness of the land and the ancestors. Our ground is holy, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically kind of saying the ancestors are going to follow you and support you yeah. as you, you know, go off into the nothingness to try and find Simba. Is yeah. she trying to find Simba? Yes. No, she no, thinks Simba's she, dead. She, What's she, she thinks he's for? dead. I think food. she's going to find help. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and food, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, because she um, tries to eat Pumba. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or at least kill yeah. Pumba so she can take him back. Um. <laughs> This is, oh yeah, I think this is a beautiful, beautiful song that is made less awesome by some very awkward staging. <laughs> There's only so many times I can watch someone try and pretend to be an animal. It's kind of like when you do drama <laughs> games and it's like you're a flamingo and you kind of put your arm up in the air and you just peacock around the room for five minutes. <laughs> It's just, I feel like, I feel like the cats in Cats did a better job of being cats than, <laughs> than, than, than Nala does a big light. Like, it's right. just kind of like, she's singing this beautiful ballad and then she's like, meow. <laughs> and it kills it for me. All the okay. like head tossing and the weird yeah. arm things. And no, it just kept taking me out. I was like, just stand still. It's okay. Because the lionesses are doing all these beautiful, like slow movements together. And it's, it's stunning. Nala just needs to fucking stand there. <laughs> not like she fully like, She point. does stand there for f- <laughs> no, fucking long she time. Keeps, <laughs> she keeps running around the stage like doing these like meow yeah, leaps. I know, yeah, like okay. you know, just like little like claws. Jellical cats? Oh sorry. <laughs> I really do feel it's it's when we get to this bit. Hang on, I'll find it. Take this breath. Oh my god. It's too much. It's too much. Just have an intimate moment with Rafiki (laughs) and and cry cry a bit. That's all I need you to do. Speaking of Rafiki, the blessing from Rafiki breaks me. Yeah. It's so beautiful and intense. It's like it and she's putting like I'm assuming she keeps reaching down and grabbing various things. I'm guessing it's powders or ointments or or whatever she's got on her. 
that layering of the three lines actually, yeah, yeah it, oh, that the polyphony of it all yeah. is just so powerful and intense. And then we break out into that final chorus and Nala does a red lip over the top. Stunning, just absolutely yeah. stunning for one of the most memorable themes from the canon. Yeah. It's probably like this and King of Pride Rock are the two on Circle of Life, I guess. Are your three memorable themes. And this just does it such justice. And uh, just having, can you imagine if Elton John wrote this, you know? It would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an Elton John fan, so (laughs) I can say that. (laughs) It's just that really beautiful, the touch of Le Boheme on these, these songs in this show was absolutely the right choice to not replace Elton John with like another pop singer and instead go, hey, you, you wrote all this other stuff. Let's just yeah. like reshape it. It's well, I, It's yeah. Cause it's the um, placement of um, vocal percussion that I love, you know, even just the yelling, that's sort of a, uh, you know, the, the wailing that you <laughs> called it before. Like that's, it's like, a <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like, <laughs> that's also vocal percussion in, you know, and, and you'll hear it all through African styles of music is, is, is all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I really also like the, the constant flick between Zulu and English yeah. when she's singing like Niza Buyabo, which means I will return. She's going yeah. Niza Buyabo, I will return, I will return. And then she goes, Bessible, my people, Bessible, my yeah. people is Bessible. Yeah. And I, I think it's just so, it's, I don't know, there's just like conflict and I, I love it. I yeah. freaking love this song, which is why I gave it, Five for everything except, except for, for staging because of this freaking weird jellical cats thing they got her to do. Just uh, fucking stand still. Ugh, I hate cats, both the animal and the musical. I've I did five, five, four, five. Yep, we have the exact same score. <sighs> just what they need to do is just shift the focus to the lionesses. Just yep. let them keep doing their thing. Let her just emote. It's fine. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't have to do things, man. It's, to- it's the claw. It's the claw space. <laughs> Meow. Yeah. Meow. It makes me think of this. this do you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend if you watch that? I know. Oh, they do a cats episode and it's all about every cat represents a different sexually transmitted disease. Yeah, I'm having fun. I'm living large. Just oozing sex and green discharge. I dance now. Wow. It's, okay. it's just like, it's a cat. Like it's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, so, yeah, that's Shadowland. Yeah, all, the almost perfect song. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got, in response to that, Nala gets a song, so Simba gets a song. Just a slight trigger warning. What I'm going to talk about with this song does mention the topic of suicide, so if that's not for you, I suggest you just skip ahead about 10 minutes and then uh, come back in for the final song. So this is Endless Night.
You promised you'd be there Whenever I needed you Whenever I call your name You're not anywhere I'm trying to hold on Just waiting to hear your voice One word, just a word will do To end this nightmare First of all, this song is just beautiful. Gorgeous. It's it's so again, it kind of in the same way that He Lives in You is written, or They Live in You. It's very subtle for a long, long time. This eventually mm. does have a sort of big finish, which is very strangely cut short, and I've got opinions on that. But yeah. it's it's another one where there's space. Yeah. There's so much space in the writing. This is Another song that appeared on the rhythm of the Pride Lands. Oh, right. It was called La La at the time. This is it. Originally, these lyrics were about missing people who have passed on. So it's like, my mother's child, my brother, I miss you, I cry for you. So we're probably linking into, you know, racial stuff here. So it was originally originally a very sad song. And then it's been repurposed for this and repurposed to be about like loneliness. But again, missing someone who's passed on. Yeah. The the real tragedy around when I hear this song and hear Jason Ray sing, sing it is this was Jason's breakout role. Um, yeah. He'd done a couple of uh, small, uh, he'd done like tours and regional tours and stuff before this in various shows, The King and I, um, Rocky Horror Show, West Side Story. And then this was his um, breakout success uh, after he'd done the tour of Jesus Christ Superstar with Ted Neely. He landed the role of Simba in The Lion King. Following this, he landed a recording contract, but he had a troubled troubled life, mental health battles-wise. He eventually moved to Australia. He moved to New South Wales. Uh, He didn't tell his parents he was doing that. Wow. Uh, He lost contact with them, and unfortunately he was found um, at the age of 28. He unfortunately ended his life, which is extremely tragic. And when when this is the song that when you look him up, this is the song that comes up, yeah. it hits very, very, very hard. And that the sun will shine. And that the sun will shine. I know that the night must end. And that the sun 
and you, you can't know what someone's going through um, or what someone's feeling, but I think it just, this song hits so much harder than I think it normally would because of who is singing it. Yeah. There's not, there's not much else to say about this song. It's absolutely stunning musically and lyrically. And it's it's just a, an incredible moment that we that they amazingly incorporate that moment with Mufasa yep. in the stars by piecing together like would you call it a puppet? Yeah. Pieces yep. of Mufasa's face magically yeah, joined right. together. I thought, I don't know I don't know, if this is right and you remember this, cool. Or, or else I've made up this memory, but I thought he was made up of stars. Yeah. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah. I'm not making that up. I'm pretty sure that's what it was the first time when I saw it. Yeah, because this was like just a <clears throat> solid like gold yes. head. Not what I remember because I remembered him well, then coming apart and becoming part of the stars again. Yeah, I think that's the movie. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think I do. I think I do recall, you know, a star sheet and then it making, the, yeah, the doing face, that. The face, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way to do it. Mm. And the the ending of this song, <sighs> on the recording it finishes properly. The sound yeah. will rise, chord finishes, massive applause, whatever. But in the show he's mm-hmm. like, the sun will rise. Yeah. And then Rafiki, Rafiki freaking comes, comes out. out. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't even let it breathe. <laughs> and he's like stuck behind a psych. Yeah. So she's upstage. And it's a swap. She should be upstage. Yeah. He should be downstage. Correct. And it's weird. And then he's stuck frozen in this like weird pose. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't get that. But anyway. Yeah. I was no. like, is he trying to listen to what Rafiki's saying? Or? Yeah. No, Rafiki. Oh, not to mention like that whole beautiful ending section. She's got the ear horn in. Yeah. Like just yeah. comically. <laughs> like, what the is happening get uh, off the stage like so it can it can be a beautiful magical moment but yeah. don't ruin the end of the song by just having this comedic gag with Rafiki and then cutting <laughs> him on the big note not happy not happy Jan no <sighs> do you have anything else to say on this song no okay it's beautiful that's I wrote beautiful and I need more yeah <laughs> it's good yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely beautiful beautiful um, song, beautiful performance, and the guy that we watched as well was stunning. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely stunning. I gave it four and a half for music. The half point is because of the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Five for uh. lyrics. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then people didn't applaud either because it kind of just shifted yeah. into the scene. Robbed. Absolutely it's a really robbed. bad choice. Yeah. It's a shame that we're going, we're going by that. But I don't recall. Did it do that in? I I would imagine so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got five for lyrics, four for staging because of that weird thing at the end with Rafiki, and five for contribution. Absolutely, Simba needs this moment. Yeah, this is my second fat fives. (laughs) Flat fives, not fat fives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It didn't affect that ending. Didn't affect me as much. I just. I went. It was still so gorgeous. Oh, I had a visceral reaction. Uh, I was yeah. like, <laughs> actually, first it was, what is she doing? <laughs> Does she not know it? No, it's not her scene yet. <laughs> Get off the stage. So, uh, two songs left. Next up is the Elton John smash mm. hit. Can, Can you feel the love tonight? Oh, 
things to tell her, but how to make her see. Is it controversial if I say this song is absolute snoozeville? No. Oh, great. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. No, it's terrible. Even the original version. Yeah, I'm I've... not into it. it uh, look, oh, I think Elton John made it what it was. Can you feel the love tonight? You sound tonight. like Nirvana singing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no, I'm not a fan of either version, to be honest. So. No, it's slightly... I don't know. Yeah, they're both just... But, but listen to, like, even the musical choices behind the song, like, the, mu- the music behind it is so boring. They haven't completely sucked the Elton out of this. No. Turn away from me. He's holding back, he's hiding. But what? I can't decide. Why won't he be the king? I know he is the king I see inside. It doesn't, she yeah. can sing the alphabet. <laughs> I mean, it's very different to the movie one because the movie one's like, can you oh, feel it's the terrible. love tonight? Oh, it's not, I shouldn't say terrible. That's a bad word. No, it's just, it's, it's just blah. It's not great, yeah. It's just blah, especially when the song that comes after it is this. Just having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I used to listen to this on repeat in really? my car. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't get over the reaction my body would have listening to her. Because okay, so the first time you hear this song, right? Mufasa is like, son, I'm gonna tell you a story. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. this is your lesson. And then in this version, Rafiki and City Laloka's performance of this is just off the charts. Yeah. She is begging him she is imploring him she is there is such a desperation in her voice even from the beginning when we've got all this space and this dramatic space to for Simba to just listen to her and I found the staging of this strange, and I did watch the original one. She does do it better, so I didn't, I didn't downgrade it that much. But um, the one we watched, Rafiki basically faced the front the whole time, which oh, I thought right. was a bit weird. And yeah. I was like, you should be telling him. Like, Talk to him. Fucking yeah. listen, you know. Yeah. 
And then there's that beautiful build up, like the payoff at the end of this song when you know, Simba starts singing and then the curtain comes up and there's all those oh people God, yeah, in traditional right. costumes. Holy oh crap, God. it's this moment. this to both of my Rafikis who were phenomenal young young women that played these role this role mm. I was like you just have to let freaking loose yeah. physically I want to see nothing but freaking joy as you're singing this like whatever your body wants to do with your stick in one hand like just dance yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just every time I cried every time I saw this I just yeah. burst into tears as soon as you saw that ensemble and all that color just boom it hit mm. the stage I, 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 oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry, wow. you can talk about this song now because I'm. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that build-up <clears throat> is phenomenal. Just the feeling that you get from it is just crazy. I can't believe it that they can sort of evoke that sort of feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah, and um, it, it it sort of becomes a message for everyone, everyone when that yeah, ensemble comes correct. on. Yeah. 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 It feels like it's a big warm hug, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's kind of gone from Mufasa saying, you know, one day I'm going to die. And so like your ancestors live in you to mm. Rafika say, Rafiki saying your father lives in you Yeah. to the ensemble saying we've all lost someone. Yeah, yeah. Like you all, you all have this lost someone and this is for hug. you. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh. We'll go with you. Oh, <laughs> What, what did you give it? And if the well, answer is not flat fives. The, the, it would be remiss of me giving they live in you fi- uh, flat fives and he lives in you flat, flat fives. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's such a good song. Um, and they, they did it to me, for me, they did it well, like amazingly both times as in the, they wrote it perfectly for each scenario yeah you know um and really yeah i love it i i think this is the most important song in the show yeah i almost think this is one of the most important songs in the disney canon when we when it comes to songs that are about like empowering people let it go would be there yeah and i reckon this should be right next to it yeah just songs that tell you to like Move forward, yeah. you know, and pick up, pick up the pieces. Let's go. Uh, but you need Rafiki doing a <laughs> crazy African ad lib. So good. She just makes you feel like you can do anything. You're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say you're a we all need a Rafiki. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't know if I could put up with the mumbling every day. Then. <laughs> Oh, that whole opening scene that she has is insane. Because that opening monologue, which obviously is not in the junior version, can you imagine? (laughs) That would be insulting, wouldn't it? (laughs) Really? 
get some kid just going, it's just, it's so freaking impressive. And I love that it ends with, you understand? Yeah. <laughs> After that, Simba goes, has a really weird, awkward sword battle with Scar. <laughs> Here comes the swords. They jellical their way around the stage for like yeah. what feels like half an hour. It's so long. Yeah. They bring out a material pride rock. I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. I know this is hard. I know it's a hard show. It's Yeah, it's hard to interpret things. Like, oh, bring them to stage, isn't it, really? Yeah. But and choices, then, man. And choices. then we get to like the most phenomenal bit of music, which I saw the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra play the works of Hans Zimmer the other week. Oh, really? And they did a Lion King medley. And I was like, if wow. they don't play the King of Pride Rock, I will stand up and walk out. Not only did they play it, but before it, they played the Mufasa's death music. I was a mess. A mess. Wow. I could just hear, we got to go home. Oh, we got to pull you the ear. Anyway. of this it's movie so and musical is just so 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 good yeah ah, the feelings the feelings i mean i know a lot of people are like elton john man but i'm like no none of that is elton john i'm sorry no like he no it's like a, um it's it's like a roller coaster this it, well it's almost like being it's it's almost full circle of emotions get it yeah get it yeah yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's and that joyful that joyful pride oh my god that's so good yeah yeah but yeah so that's the Lion King the Broadway musical wow insane thank you so much for coming on board to Thanks record for having me the first episode back for season two amazing I feel very out of practice and terrified but you have made it you know quite easy so thank, thank you thank you it's um I, I mean you can't be worse than me so <laughs> um you should feel good about yourself right now <laughs> <laughs> I've broken the virginity. It's fine. There you go. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will return with another fabulous guest next, next episode. Uh, no spoilers about what it is because I'm not sure which one I'm doing next. Oh. <laughs> I've got a lot of them in my diary and they're all in random orders depending on who's free when. But yeah. until next time, I'm Stackers. Huge thanks to Genta and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>